A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Zone. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Better get comfortable with the end of a shovel or a snowplow, something like that, because Wisconsin weather is going to start to change as soon as tonight. Morning, everybody. Glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Sunshine is actually going to be along with us for a little bit of this Tuesday, but don't let it deceive you. By tonight, we've got a chance of snow showers starting in the evening and then basically continuing right on through the day on Wednesday and into Thursday. Uh, They're calling them alert days, and we could see measurable snow for basically all of the state of Wisconsin uh, beginning as soon as tonight. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist along with us in just a little bit. Our daytime highs today probably around 33 degrees, so let's get our prep done while we can. Also coming up on this Tuesday morning post-President's Day Monday, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. And we want to continue to celebrate National FFA Week. Our Wisconsin FFA officers have been busy. We're going to visit with one of them this morning as well. Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compier.com slash crop insurance. Compier does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compier Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021, all rights reserved. There's been a little softening in fertilizer input prices, but it's not coming down quickly. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. This is the word from economist Jason Trundle with the Fertilizer Institute. He got in front of the microphone to predict supply and cost for nitrogen, phosphorus, and potash ahead of the 2023 growing season. The good news is fertilizer prices are actually trending down, and so they have been for the last couple of months, both on the N, the P, and the K side, which is good news. Um, We've seen kind of some general softening there. So as growers are heading into the spring, I think that hopefully uh, is a a welcome sight. Um, I do know that, uh, for example, the NOLA urea price actually got down to where it was, I think, back in, uh, I don't know if it was maybe like June of 2021. So they are kind of getting back into at least the ballpark, Uh, I think particularly on the P and K side, um, and nitrogen is is headed that direction. How is that happening since we're still experiencing supply chain problems and a war going on in Russia, Ukraine? You know, from a production and the import export side of things, like those things are resilient and they luckily over time there hasn't fingers crossed, hasn't been any uh, new significant disruptions. And so over time, supply has kind of been able to maybe kind of catch back up on top of things. And then, so I think that has helped. I think some of the the decrease in input costs. So in terms of natural gas on the nitrogen side, sulfur on on the phosphate side, some of those input costs coming down, both here as well as globally, has has helped to kind of relieve some of that pressure that was there. 
Ahead of our interview, you said that there's two main components that'll influence 2023 fertilizer prices. Why don't you remind us what that was? One is really just affordability, um, and that's really going to drive when we think about kind of fertilizer application. And so, and when I say kind of affordability, what I'm talking about is the relative price between fertilizer and those output prices. So as a grower is sitting down and determining their budget, they have to try to say, okay, what, what am I going to get for my outputs, and therefore what can I spend on my inputs? And if those two things kind of stay in alignment, we'll see a strong spring in terms of uh, there'll be a lot of demand, there'll be a lot of uh, application that, or, or a lot of product that will be applied, which I think means that we're going to have strong yields, you know, pending weather and all that. So I think that's the first thing is where where do fertilizer prices stay relative to crop prices? Crop prices have remained relatively strong, which is the good news. The second thing really is crop mix um, as well as weather. I mean, so fertilizers typically applied in a very small window in the spring and different crops need different amounts and so depending on what producers choose to grow that will affect uh, how much they need and then can they get in the field um, or will we experience any challenges with that that would leave additional supplies or stronger carryover that would cause prices to, to soften so those are really the two things that we feel like are going to drive what we see in the market this spring. I want to talk more about fertilizer production, where it's happening, you know, how much of it's happening, and how that influences producers here in Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, so a lot of the production, particularly that is utilized in the Midwest, actually occurs in the Midwest. And so there's a number of uh, a number of facilities across the Midwest, whether that's in Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, and then there's obviously some closer to that Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, because a lot of natural gas is found there. Um, so particularly on the nitrogen side, a lot of production does kind of occur in the middle part of the United States and so a, a good portion probably of the product that's here used here in Wisconsin comes actually domestically from there that's mainly on the nitrogen side you know the coasts in terms of nitrogen are probably supplied more by imports on the phosphate side we have strong production in Florida in North Carolina as well as out in Idaho um, and so that product then potentially moves here via rail maybe some comes up the Mississippi maybe some of that's imported but some of that could be domestic production as well and then potash, uh, we get a lot of that um, from Canada. So most likely for Wisconsin, I would guess a majority of that comes railed from Canada. So I think the good news is, I mean, we're the third largest producer of nitrogen and we're the third largest producer of phosphate globally. So the American farmer and the Wisconsin farmer can rely on a, a strong domestic production to help supply their needs. You know, almost a year ago when the wrench was thrown into our fertilizer supply chain, did the U.S. ramp up domestic fertilizer production? Are we seeing kind of a, a focus on that? You know, even before all this kind of happened, typically we were running at, at full capacity. Um, and so when we think about nitrogen, it's a chemical physical process that it doesn't work well unless you're operating it basically at capacity. So it's either on or it's off. And so I think, yes, there's been at least renewed focus that what can we do to ensure that we are at capacity as much for the majority of the time that we can be. You know, there are necessary times when plants need to go down for maintenance, for safety reasons, things like that. But yeah, the domestic industry knows that hey this is a, a product that's needed to grow the food that you and I eat and so it's really important and they've done everything they can from a planning perspective to ensure that they can supply as much as possible to the domestic industry. Yeah you had an interesting uh, statistic that the U.S. is a the third largest fertilizer producer yet we still 
require more? Yeah, I mean, the ag industry here is so large that even though we're the third largest producer in both N and P, we still have to rely on imports um, because we grow so much, so many crops um, that we we utilize um, nutrients that are brought in from other places around the world to be utilized by growers. I want to break down, we've been talking about fertilizer in general, but let's break it down to the N, the P, and the K. Is there a, one of those that you are, the outlook is more favorable than the others or one that maybe isn't so favorable than the others? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's uh, any particular one, but I think there's different things that we're watching for each. So when we think about nitrogen, I think what we're really watching uh, right now, at least at TFIR, is kind of twofold. One is where do natural gas prices go? Um, because that's the key feedstock for ammonia and all the other nitrogen uh, fertilizers. So where does that go? Generally, that's been trending in the right direction, both here as well as globally. Does it stay that way? It's a good question. We'll have to see kind of where you know where the winter goes um, and then it is interesting we've we've actually been exporting more nitrogen products than normal potentially making up for some of the production shortfalls in other places so does that persist or do we kind of get back to importing more of a normal amount here in the u.s so that's on the nitrogen side on the phosphorus side we are watching you know domestic production and utilization you know where does that kind of necessarily shake out from an import export side we're kind of right where we would anticipate um, us to be and so it's just a matter of, hey, where will domestic production end up um, going into next spring and, and next year? And then on the, uh, on the potash side, it really is just kind of related to can we continue to get a reliable source from Canada? Can we supply a majority of our needs there? Because Belarus and other places um, have been disrupted. And I think the good news there is, is that, you know, Nutrien, other companies have increased their production, which has probably helped alleviate some of that price pressure. Is price gouging still an issue? Because that was in the headlines kind of at the start of when we really saw a volatile fertilizer market. Is that still something that folks are looking into? You know, anytime we see prices go up, we're naturally going to have questions asked related to price. So whether that is, you know, we had questions related to gas, when gas prices go up, when meat prices go up, uh, when fertilizer prices go up, those questions were necessarily, uh, you know, asked. I think it is something that people are still watching um, and still curious about. I mean, I think there's been a, a quite a bit of work. There's a great study out by Iowa State University um, that figure out what are the drivers in this. Is it something that is related to a company taking some action or is it a more general kind of supply and demand? Not one company, not one country, not one person can influence. Um, and that study really concludes that, hey, there's so many things that are going on, many of them that I talked about today, um, that those are the things that are really driving the market. So, of course, there's still always going to be questions whenever there's, there's high prices. You know, I think that we've seen so many disruptions uh, that those are the things that are really weighing on the market and continuing to weigh on the market, particularly price. All right. And then you had some four great solutions to help farmers navigate price volatility in the fertilizer market. Break those down for us, please. Yeah, so as we think about spring, you know, we're really recommending these four things. You know, one is to really understand your needs. So if you haven't been soil testing, if you don't know what nutrients you need to grow the crop and, and the target yield that you want, you could be over applying or under applying. So really understanding those needs is important. The second one is, you know, following 4R and conservation practices. How do you be sure that the product you're putting on that's high priced is going to be used as optimally as possible um, without ha having, you know, losses uh, to the environment and things like that. The third one is, you know, 
communicate, communicate, communicate. Those relationships with your retailers um, and with your agronomists are really important now more than ever. Let them know what you're hoping for, what, what, are, what are your goals, what products do you need, when do you need them, and work with them to ensure that you're gonna be able to get the product when you need it uh, at your farm. And then the last one is mitigate risk any way you can in terms of uh, locking in output prices um, and, and then working backwards from there to budget for input prices and then focus on an, uh, an average cost of those input prices, not necessarily the, the one-time cost as you kind of layer in purchases over time. If you've got more questions for economist Jason Trundle, he encourages you to reach out to the Fertilizer Institute. You can find them online at tfi.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Legacy Exteriors, just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Roofing windows, gutters, siding, and decks, can Legacy do it? You bet. Better prices, better warranties. Legacy always makes it easy. Go to Legacy-Exteriors.com. Legacy Exteriors, just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the Wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom-designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and from the looks of this forecast, snow and maybe sleet could be covering it all by this time starting tomorrow morning. Time for our ag weather updates. Tumuk, ag meteorologist along with us, and as I said to you, I'm going to let you do all the talking because this one is really kind of complicated depending on where you're going to be waking up by Thursday morning. Yeah, that's it. There's going to be a lot of different changes and things going on, and it does uh, really depend on geography, where about you are, where things may be happening and changing. I mean, we've had an Alberta clipper zip on through. That clipper, as if anything, turned those winds to the northwest, allowed the stronger winds to kick up. 
a little cooler air trying to start settling in. They got some snow up north, Superior up by Duluth about an inch and a half, Bayfield 3.7 inches of snow, even Iola in Wapaka County about four-tenths of an inch of snow. Not a big deal at this point, but that low is pushing off to the east. That Alberta clipper is up north of Lake Superior. The cold fronts through Wisconsin. A bit of a high-pressure system is going to try to settle through and keep things pretty benign today uh, in the fact of no precipitation threat around. But there will be some cooler air, some stronger winds and the like, and it's going to stay pretty breezy. There's snow still developing out in the west, Montana, Wyoming, into the Dakotas, down to Nebraska. The expectation is this front that passed through here now and extends from Nebraska down toward northern Missouri, Illinois, back up into lower Michigan, that becomes a bit stationary. Low pressure in the western U.S. uses that front like a warm front, tries to pull it up into Wisconsin and bring some precipitation around. And I think we're going to talk about some snow by late today at La Crosse and Mauston. And it may not amount to all that much yet late today, you know, less than an inch. But after dark, a couple of inches could be accumulating. The heaviest snow really appears to be in that uh, northern Iowa and into western Wisconsin, southern Minnesota. So Most and La Crosse going to be a little more in the the area of precipitation that's going to add up a bit. We can count on that. In fact, there is already a winter weather advisory for La Crosse and Mauston from midnight tonight until 6 p.m. into Wednesday, uh, that winter weather advisory. The rest of us are all falling under a winter storm watch that pretty much goes into effect around noon or by 6 p.m. on on Wednesday and lasts until later in the day Thursday, about 6 p.m. Thursday. And it's that time frame then from late Wednesday and on into Thursday when stronger winds and snow and a mix of precipitation as mild air builds into the storm of that warm front, there's a little more likelihood of some sleet, freezing rain, and that kind of thing from northern Illinois into southern Wisconsin. So snow amounts may not be as great in southern Wisconsin, but we're going to have more of that mixture of precipitation in there. Could lead to some slippery conditions, and, and of course, through all of it, it's going to stay quite windy. We aren't going to get any break from that. A very windy spell is exactly what's going to be in store. I'll have the forecast details right after this. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is the direction that the world is going. I know our customers really have to look at the bottom dollar. This needs to financially make sense, but this is one of those rare things that really it's not just nice for your wallet, but it's also nice for the planet and for the earth. And uh, it's pretty fun to be part of it. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compierre.com slash crop insurance. Compier does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compier Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. All right. So today and a good chunk of tomorrow looks pretty manageable, Stu. But boy, then they're talking that travel might be impossible by the time we get to like Thursday afternoon. 
it could get pretty tough with strong winds, and that's especially in the southern part of the state when freezing rain, sleet, and a little snow all mixed together and could make those roads pretty tough indeed. So, of course, now today we're going to talk about maybe even a little sun, but skies will build in. It will become mostly cloudy by late afternoon, especially in the west and the south, a little light snow developing. Low 30s today, but windy. West winds good 10 to 20, become southwest yet by later in the day. Could be gusting up near 30. Overnight cloudy skies. Here's where we get some snow. Not too heavy in southern Wisconsin. That band from La Crosse, Mauston, I'll even lump Beaver Dam and Fond du Lac and could see an inshore two in the nighttime. Temps in the mid-20s and the south winds 5 to 15 become east late. Wednesday, of course, we have that winter storm watch. 3 p.m. or 6 p.m. Wednesday, 6 in the further east until 6 p.m. Thursday. And, of course, Wednesday, cloudy skies, snow, some sleet, maybe rain mixing in in the south, a little freezing rain. Look for temperatures just in the low 30s and winds becoming northeast, a good 10 to 20, gusting up near 35 or more. That mix of precipitation in the south Wednesday night into Thursday, some snow further north. Well, La Crosse and Boston might end up with about 6 or maybe 8 inches, and the rest of us in the east and south could be in that 2 to 4, but that mix of freezing and sloppy precipitation holding out into Thursday is going to make it pretty tough, Bam, And wind gusts, you know, 30 miles per hour or more. Wednesday night, Thursday, making visibility and slippery conditions worse to deal with. Stu Ag Meteorologist, will keep you posted. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Youngke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile. Chunk Gill, and from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers Emsculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. Msculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. 
You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to LiunaWisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. They say yes to seven straight days. A traveling dress rehearsal for you to get comfortable in the seat and feel the power behind the smartest purchase you've ever made. The seven day, no questions asked return policy, if you need it, at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. And then I saw a some highlights, Rowdy, of the NBA's All-Star game last night. I was hoping one team would have broke a 200, but Team Giannis got to 184, Team LeBron 175. It's uh, I have something hilarious to play for you because I, I watched – I had on as background noise for a little bit, but eventually I turned it off because my wife wanted to watch uh, her stories. So I was like, whatever, that's fine with me. But it's the NBA's All-Star game. Who really gives a crap, you know? I mean, the only thing I cared about is, A, why is Giannis Adetokounmpo in the game when he has a hurt wrist? And then, B, how fast can he get out of there? He literally scored the first bucket, and then they yanked him. So Giannis Rowdy is, uh, was in, and then he was out. Now he's going to stay in New York uh, for more testing. So, Well, at least, you know, in an NBA All-Star game, even lesser than the regular season, there wasn't going to be any defense. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Not at all. It's just, you're really just tuning in for sick dunks. And then after the game, this was Giannis Adendekumbo uh, talking about Team Giannis finally getting a, they have a trophy for this now, by the way. So here's uh, the first time we do have a trophy for the winning team. And it happens just in time for Team Giannis because Giannis was 0-2 as a captain against LeBron James. But tonight, you take that home, Giannis. He's trying to pick it up. Don't make a guy with a bad wrist hold it by himself. And they did. Hey, so so what's it feel like to finally to finally win this thing? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> well, that was worth the wait. Oh. <laughs> that's that's there you go. There's the wrap up of the NBA All Star Game. Have we evolved past as a society, Rowdy? All Star Games. A lot of them. A lot of them. Or how about did so you sad. see the news that came out right before the weekend with the NBA, how they were adjusting their draft? The all-star so there draft? Was, so there was no person picked last? You I didn't, didn't see this? No, I didn't. I didn't. They adjusted how they drafted the teams because they wanted nobody selected last. So, like, do you know what the, how the ins and outs of it? No, I didn't watch any of it. I just saw the headlines. I just saw Giannis trying to uh, take Imagine J- John Morant, but he couldn't. A top first. 25 player in the NBA and having your feelings hurt that you're getting drafted last. All-Star game, draft last. I did not see this. Uh, I, my buddy was watching the All-Star game, and he's like, dude, they are really dragging this pregame on. I'm like, I'm literally just going to wait till the game starts, to put it on for a bit, see some dunks, and then dip out. All-Star game, draft last. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll look into it. I don't think it really matters. Oh, the oh the starters are to be picked last. That's what it is. So if you uh, were were having enough votes to be a starter in the game, then you would be picked last because you would be then for therefore starting. So the people who were picked last were essentially picked first, right? Because it's then, the dumbest thing ever. Then the it's, starters would be. It's the okay. NBA. <laughs> NBA's <laughs> all-star game. The Bucks will be fine as long as Giannis's wrist is all right. Whether he's got to sit down for a couple of weeks or a month, like Giannis is in New York today to get more testing on his wrist. Okay, but the dude literally played. It wasn't long, but he played in the NBA All-Star game last night. How serious can the wrist injury be if he's out there? I'm sure fighting with some of his team doctors to be like, "Nah, I'm going to be out there." He scored the first bucket, and then he. Took himself out of the game. It just feels like he, he at played this 20 point, seconds. Milwaukee is on a collision course to play with Boston. Yeah. And Boston was beat up. Like Jalen Brown fractured an orbital bone in his face. Ooh. Obviously, Chris Middleton for the Bucks has been trying to come back yeah, they have for a while. They've been minutes, minute count. And then, uh, you know, Drew Holiday's balling. It, it feels Lopez was balling before much like most of the NBA regular season. Oh, Jay Crowder hasn't even played yet. All of these top teams are just trying to make it to the postseason. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you see all those kids in the stands like, I flew a thousand miles to see insert player here play, and the dude's in street clothes sitting on the end of the bench waving at everyone. He's like, I'm just waiting for the playoffs, kid. Good, like, luck, good luck affording those tickets. Boston and Milwaukee are separated by half a game as the Celtics have won one more game than the Bucks. Yeah. But it just feels like both teams have a ton of injuries, but they're both by far the two most talented teams in in the uh, Eastern Conference. Just waiting, laying in the And we're just waiting 
for mid-April. Yeah, that's what the NBA is into now, you know. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and a tractor is going to come in handy with the weather we've got rolling in starting tonight, continuing through Thursday for a good chunk of our listening area, and then another storm system that's going to develop front part of next week. That's what they're telling me now. For today, we actually could see a little sunshine early this morning and then the clouds start rolling in. The wind's going to pick up. High temperatures today, no better than 31 degrees. And then again, like I said, light snow is going to start developing probably late this afternoon into the evening hours and continue overnight. Now, most of the snow, the heaviest amounts, are going to be north of Wisconsin Dells, south of the Madison area. They could be looking at accumulating ice. So it is going to be an interesting situation especially now i feel kind of bad the uh, u.s championship cheese contest gets started today up in green bay and uh, they were hoping that folks would want to come out and visit the event well with this weather that might uh, might not happen i might not even get up there we'll have to wait and see oh by the way i'm pam yankee glad you're along with us on this tuesday uh, john heinberg market advisor from total farm marketing is going to be along with us as well from the safety and comfort of his home over towards West Bend. Stick around for that. So today is the 21st day of February. What can I tell you? On this day, back in 1972, then U.S. President Richard Nixon made the first presidential trip to China. It was considered a first step in normalizing relations between the United States and China. And again, monumental on this day back in 1972. On this day in 1878, the world's first telephone book was issued. New Haven, Connecticut got the lucky directory on their doorsteps. It really only had a single piece of cardboard, though. It had 50 numbers, that first telephone book. And now you almost have to explain to the younger generation what a telephone book was. Let's see if we've got happy birthdays today. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, Frazier, he is 68 years young, and Jennifer Love Hewitt, she is 44. And now you know. Hey, we want you to know we are definitely keeping an eye on FFA activities happening across the state, and we're not alone. There are a lot of agribusinesses, businesses in general, that are also supporting the cause. Stephanie Hoff has more. Happy National FFA Week. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. I remember the days of FFA Week. We gave out string cheese and chocolate milk. We hosted arm wrestling and beanbag tournaments. And we even tried our hand at making the world's longest ice cream sundae. It was such a good way to show off the valuable organization. And now I'm at the age where I can give back to FFA. Not only is it FFA Week, but Give FFA Day is right around the corner on February 23rd. During the 24 hours of giving, you can give to a state association of your choice, and American Family Insurance will be matching your donation from noon to 1 o'clock. Lane Bernscott tells me more about it. He's been an American Family Agency owner for almost 30 years operating in western Wisconsin. He calls himself a city boy, but grew up in the farm-fed community of Glenwood City. Through the insurance industry, he became more acclimated to agriculture, and he's not a stranger to the FFA program. I had friends involved in FFA. I know those that were involved were really passionate about it. They really enjoyed it. It gave them some endless opportunities, you know, not only in leadership, personal growth, but different educational opportunities down the road. What about today? Are you seeing students today kind of get those same benefits, either at the through Glenwood City or at the Colfax chapter? Yeah, I would say that these kids 
most of them have probably been brought up on on a farm or maybe they knew someone that was a neighbor that owned a farm or maybe they were a hired hand and maybe they helped out on a neighbor's farm and just developed some interest and then they got involved in FFA and and found out more uh, about what opportunities FFA provided and it gave them a chance to decide if, if it was something that they wanted to pursue and just gave them another kind of avenue, you know, to pursue if they uh, so wish. And American Family Insurance does get involved during National FFA Week and other times throughout the year. How does American Family support FFA either at the national or the state level? American Family has been part of the um, National FFA organization for about 27 years and they're passionate about leadership, the growth opportunities for kids, and there's just endless career opportunities down the road for these FFA kids. So they just wanted to give back. Um, and over these 27 years, they've given back about $145,000 in support to the National FFA organization. National FFA Week is on now through February 25th. Lane, does American Family Insurance have anything special planned this year? Yeah, basically, we're going to give away some money. (laughs) During FFA Week on FFA Day, which is February 23rd, individuals, organizations have the opportunity to support monetarily FFA so on February 23rd, American Families Hour is from noon to one. And during that hour, they're going to donate uh, $10,000. American Family Insurance will also be matching donations during that hour. Lane, where's the best place to go to make your donation and give back to FFA? The best thing would be to go to the uh, website, giveffaday.ffa.org giveffaday.ffa.org. That's where you can support the future of the future farmers and all the positive things they do to make a difference in the lives of our younger generation. Lane, what does American Family Insurance or your agency get out of supporting students and FFA? For me, the peace of mind of just making a difference for these kids because it's a wonderful organization and it's just another positive avenue for these these kids to look at. Locally, I've got involved in, in the FFA for quite a few years. Matter of fact, I've donated about 20000 in scholarships to area schools. And one of the requirements is extracurricular. So I know that several of the FFA members have been the recipients of my scholarships. So that's been, it's went a long ways because you know these a lot of these kids are furthering their education, probably in FFA, but maybe into a different avenue. But it's making a difference. And now you have a chance to give back to the next generation of agricultural leaders. National FFA Week is on now through February 25th, and Give FFA Day is happening on February 23rd. This is your chance to make a difference in the lives of more than 850,000 FFA members across the United States. During the 24 hours of giving, you can give to a state association of your choice, and American Family Insurance will be matching your donation from noon to 1 o'clock, again February 23rd. Lane Burns got along with us, an American Family Agency owner from Western Wisconsin. He reminds you to make your donation at Give 
ffaday.ffa.org. Wishing you a happy National FFA Week. I'm Stephanie Hoff. Take a trip to the grocery store and you'll pay record high prices for food while multinational corporations rake in massive profits. Meanwhile, the farmer's share of the food dollar is only 15 cents. Farmers Union is fighting for laws in the Farm Bill, like a competition title, that promote fair markets. A healthy and vibrant food system is possible, but we can't get there without fairness for farmers. Visit fairnessforfarmers.org, paid for by National Farmers Union. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing, coming up in just a moment. The traders are back in action in Chicago as far as overnight activity is concerned. Pretty quiet still. December corn's unchanged at 596. November beans are up six and a half right now at 1392. July wheat up four and a half, currently at 785. The March milk is trading eight cents lower, 1757 hundred weight. April is still unchanged. Calendar-wise, a couple different things this week. Today is the beginning, as I mentioned earlier, of the U.S. Championship Cheese Contest. If you're not going to make the trip up to the Rush Expo Center in Green Bay to visit with judges or do some sampling, you can follow the activity on their Facebook page, United States Championship Cheese Contest, or you can also go to their website, uschampioncheese.org. They'll post results there as well. And uh, just uh, another quick reminder, later this week, we've got the largest North American Organic Farming Conference coming together, 34th Annual Organic Farming Conference in La Crosse, again, February 23rd through the 25th. Some of those events seem like they always draw the ire of Mother Nature when it comes to gathering together. Well, what uh, obstacles or information are we missing in the marketplace on a Tuesday morning? John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing, gets us up to speed next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, Wisconsin farmers, you know that when it comes to corn success, it's yield first and everything else second. And in 2022 independent trials, Dairyland Seed brought the yield like no other all across the Badger State. We're talking 45 top five finishes, 24 top three finishes, and 12 first place finishes. So when you're making the critical decision on what to plant this year, look no further than the seed proven to outperform Dairyland Seed. Find the corn hybrids bringing the most yield in your area at DairylandSeed.com. Your construction project doesn't need to be any harder than it has to be. Sunbelt Rentals in Sun Prairie has all the equipment you'll ever need to meet your contract deadlines. Forklifts, earth-moving equipment, generators, pumps, air compressors, concrete equipment, and everything else to make the job run smooth. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Rent the equipment you need. Visit sunbeltrentals.com. Now hiring drivers, competitive hourly rates, and overtime. sunbeltrentals.com. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. 
W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Did the chickens come home to roost last night? We'll find out. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we got one chicken that came home to roost, and he's the one that we're focused in on now, John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, kind enough to join us on a Tuesday morning to give us a little update on the market. So three-day break for traders in Chicago, but uh, just enough time for them to start really gathering information about weather, not just here in the United States, but heavens to Betsy, some surprises in South America's weather. Yeah, very much so again. Excuse me. Over the weekend there, we had some forecasts coming together that there was supposed to be a frost event that possibly could hit into Argentina. And it seems like some of that did materialize. And, you know, social media was filled with pictures of crops that got nailed by some frost here on, on Friday night into Saturday. And that's got the markets popping up a little bit here this morning. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. You know, it's going to be a good battle for the bulls versus the bears today. You know, what do you do with this? To me, you still got a big supply coming out of Brazil and you get a little pop in the market probably turns into more of a selling opportunity than it does than anything else. You know, again, we still have that big supply coming. Add into some of the other weather issues going on in South America, more moisture, rain in Brazil. You saw some probably some pictures of flooding in certain regions and unfortunately some uh, you know death loss due to some of that heavy flooding that just limits some of the harvest in some areas and slows down that safrina crop production in terms of that second crop corn, just delays that planting, which puts it into a tough window for pollination. So, you know, right now this market Markets focus on South American weather and, and the re- reactions of that weather in terms of what could be happening to the supplies. You know, you go look at beans. We got a lot of beans still coming, but that pile is getting a little bit smaller every time. Still going to be a record out of there, and that's still going to probably weigh on prices down the road. But the market at least priced in a little risk premium so far, at least on the overnight. So, give me a little perspective, though, John. Frost in Argentina. What stage of growth is that plant at? Or, I mean, you know, how big a influence did that have? Uh, this is going to be a, when you pick, flip it over, and you know, basically it's February here, which is basically summer there. We're talking a July, August type event, which caught those crops right at the stage of flowering into in the pod fill. So we basically we zeroed out some crops in those regions. Uh, so again, some of the pictures you saw were pretty brutal in terms of what got damaged. Now again, isolated. Still going to be a factor. It's just more bushels lost and some of the weather than the extremes that they're dealing with. It was 100 degrees last week, and then it freezes by the end of the week. Just tells you what those producers are trying to deal with down there on top of the drought. Any infrastructure damage with that flooding? It seems like, again, that's more isolated into the rural areas and, and that regard. So that doesn't seem to be much of a factor. The biggest thing still comes into the, the the slowing of that harvest, getting those beans off in some regions. Now, we really watch what Mato Grosso is doing. That's the largest grain-producing state down there. They're rolling along okay at a good pace. Actually, I saw this morning that their harvest on soybeans was back above the five-year average, and the corn planting is going there. So it kind of it's a you know one hand or the other. we got to understand how big Brazil Brazil is, you plop it on the United States map in terms of land mass, you know, you're talking a country that goes basically from, you know, Minnesota to Texas in size. So obviously you're going to see different ranges in terms of what things are harvested and planted. So we go from their weather to our weather. Now everybody's got a little anxiety about the heavy volume of snow that specifically northern Wisconsin might see. Uh, that's, this storm, though, is going to cover a pretty big chunk of the United States. Is the market paying attention? 
I think it's going to come into play a little bit in the cattle market and, and maybe the hog market this week. Obviously, you're worried about transportation, moving of those animals, and that could get the cash market a little bit more aggressive as the packers need that product inside their, you know, at their plants. And, you know, that's going to be something that could come into play there. You know, you go look at the weather at the end of December, too, that we had with the brutal weather across the northern plains. You know, that came an impact in terms of some of the ethanol grind as well as the soybean crush. And that was some of the reasons we saw the adjustments that we did on the you know, on the January report was just the fact that we just didn't have the product to be moving because of the road situations being where they were and those plants were shut down. You know, so it does have a little bit of impact on two different sides. Again, on the cattle side, packers need the, you know, the product in the plant. They want to keep the plants moving. They got to get you know, a little incentive for the producers to bring those animals in. And then on the other side of it, does it hurt some of the demand, even though it's very limited, but it's still in a market that's very focused on demand? You know, it could be a little bit of a factor in terms of those prices down the road. Mm -hmm. Anything else that, I mean, these winter storms, that last big winter storm that we saw hit the Plain States, did anybody ever say anything about animal loss or anything like that? I haven't heard anything in terms of that one, and that was just the next point I was going to bring into, and that's the other side of this, too, in terms of the cattle numbers were already tight on cattle supplies anyway, and, you know, you're looking at, you know, severe wind chills, heavy snow, wet snow coming through, and, we're, you know, we're getting closer and closer to maybe the calving season here, and those producers in the northern cattle countries, you know, they're obviously they're going to be hunkering down here trying to get things protected as best they can, uh, but it still sometimes turns into a brutal situation with that much snow that they just can't handle it all. What about uh, outside markets? Last week you mentioned that we had not gotten solid data on uh, kind of market flow, market movement uh, transactions. Is that back on course? Unfortunately, it still is not. Commitment of traders did not come out again this week, so they're still trying to get those ideas put together in terms of, you know, we're just going off of the numbers that we kind of see by formula. But again, we really don't have a clear picture where the money's flowing at this time. Well, you know, and in case you didn't hear John last week, it was a ransomware attack that compromised the system where those commodity trader commitment reports is generated. What else could they have hacked into, John? I mean, it does beg the question of what else about market information, security might have been accessed. You know, that's a side of this, you know, the world now that gets so kind of confusing in terms of what, how many fingers and tentacles are in reaching into so many different industries. And, you know, again, this is just trying to put data together and the comp the CFTC just does not feel comfortable that the information is correct at this time frame. So, you know, that's why they're going to continue to hold these reports back until they feel more comfortable about that. But yeah, we're going on three weeks without this data. And, and again, it's something, you know, it's not a major market mover, but in terms of the sideline and knowing where money is flowing and just kind of getting an idea how the money wants to flow or where it could turn to. you know, It's just important, important information for us to take a look at. Well, yeah, and like I said, what other information have they accessed? We'll wait and see. John, give them a quick update on how they can get in touch with you. I know you're going to be out on the road a little bit too, but not necessarily right around Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm going to be up in Minnesota, just south of St. Paul, and they're Twin Cities here next Tuesday, so I'll be on the road. But again, feel free to reach out to me, 800-334-9779. Shoot me an email, John H. at TotalFarmMarketing.com. And again, that website of ours, TotalFarmMarketing.com. Love to chat with anybody. Hopefully the weather allows you safe travels up that way. We'll, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks then. Sounds good. Have a good have a good couple weeks. All right, John. Appreciate it. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Always a valuable part of our conversations on Tuesday mornings. Uh, and like he said, still no report from the uh, CFTC. And uh, now we have to wait and see just exactly how the weather punished those farmers.
in South America. I think the weather around Wisconsin it could be punishing us as well. I'll try to catch up with you tomorrow morning. Same time, same channel.